Good morning, Westridge. Hey, it's good to be here with you in person online as we continue the Narrow Dirt Path series. Hey, Scott did a great job last week of talking about the uh, Jesus challenge to follow me. And today we're going to look at some of the challenges that come when we choose to walk that narrow dirt path. So three weeks ago, today, Darla and I and uh, her sister and, and her college friend were uh, getting ready to embark on a cruise to the Caribbean. Everything had gone very smoothly up to the week before the trip was to happen. And that's when the weather report came into play. So we were scheduled to fly out early uh, Saturday morning from Midway, and as weather forecasts began to come out the uh, early part of the week, there was a large snowstorm that was scheduled for Friday into Saturday morning. Our flight was at 6 o'clock Saturday morning down to uh, Fort Lauderdale, and we knew the ship was leaving at noon on Sunday. So we thought, okay, we don't have a whole lot of time in between those two in case our flight gets canceled, and we know how flights have been recently, right? So the question became, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do just in case the flight's canceled? Well, we figured we had 20 hours in between those two things if it got canceled to get down to Fort Lauderdale. And Darla was pretty focused on that question. What are we going to do? And I finally said, honey, I'm going to get us to the cruise ship even if I have to drive us to Fort Lauderdale. A statement I was soon to regret. Because back and forth we went until finally Thursday came, and uh, it just wasn't looking good for the, for the weather at all. The airport was going to probably close down. So after she got off work that afternoon, we packed up the car and began our 20-hour road trip to Fort Lauderdale. Her sister was with us, and then we picked up her sister's friend around Indianapolis. Now, it was during that, I, that trip that several ideas for this message Came to, came to me. Hey, it was not an easy journey in the car. Any way you put it, 20 hours in the car is 20 hours in the car, right? Okay. Uh, well, we always had things to talk about, but still, it's a long way. There were obstacles to overcome, like driving around Atlanta and Jacksonville, Florida. Fatigue was a very real thing. I drove all the, all the 20 hours, and there were always distractions presented as you went along the way. I mean, there were was Civil War battlefields. There were uh, points of interest along the road. I saw wild hogs along the road in Georgia. I thought, what a great thing to hunt. Okay, all kinds of good things that could take our ideas off the destination. So we arrived in Fort Lauderdale Saturday afternoon and were able to get on the cruise ship Sunday about noon. Now, the Narrow Dirt Path series is all about the realities, the challenges, the opportunities, and the rewards that come from choosing to follow Jesus. Jesus introduced his concept while he taught the Sermon on the Mount in chapters Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and all throughout those three chapters, Jesus talks about how countercultural his ideas for life are to the world's ideas of life. And his cultural, the countercultural mindset that he asks his followers to adopt. In Matthew 7, 13 through 14, Jesus says this Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So today we're going to look at the difficult journey. The journey along the narrow dirt path does require the, the mindset of a warrior, I believe, because I believe that we're going to do battle as we follow Jesus, because this journey introduced many requirements for choices along the way. 
So if a heavenly father already offers a safety in the end, I think that's a pretty good destination, don't you? Look at this, uh, look at this uh, passage one more time. It's a very interesting teaching of Jesus here. Because there are both similarities for everybody and then contrasts for choices that people make in the same passage. Now, there are definitely things in this passage highlighted that every person, every person alive shares. Okay, first of all, we're all on a journey through life. Everybody is. Everybody, no, no matter who we are, we're all on a journey. Two, we all have decisions to make along that journey that really guide us to the, uh, the end and the result of our journey. And last, last, last but not least, each one of us do have a destination we're going to arrive at. So here's where the decision process comes into play. Because the decision we make regarding the gate we choose to enter is going to determine the destination. So here's where the contrasts take place in this teaching of Jesus. You've got the narrow gate versus the wide gate. You have the narrow road versus the broad road. You have the fact that few find it, the narrow, and many enter the broad. And then you see the destination. Life or destruction. Now all these results, the good or the bad, are all predicated on the initial decision. I mean, I knew we wanted to go to Fort Lauderdale. But how we were going to arrive there was all dependent upon the decision we made and how we are going to. Are we going to chance it going to the airport? Or are we just going to get in the car and go? Well, you know what we decided to do. Now, personally, I don't believe that any person starts the journey of life thinking, I'm going to end up with my life in ruins. No, nobody starts off saying, I'm a, my life's going to lead to destruction. Now, I've got a buddy in, uh, in Mantino, and for years he has told me, yeah, I'm going to hell. I know I'm going to hell. Hey, all my friends are going to be in hell, Lance. We're just going to have a big party when we get to hell. I said, Dave, it is not going to be that way. I know you may say that now. I don't want you to go to hell. So not too many people say, yeah, I want to go to hell, right? Uh, we don't want destruction to be the word that describes our life. We all have plans, dreams, hopes. We want what's best for ourselves and for our families. So why? Why does Jesus say many choose to travel the road that leads to destruction? Well, I think there's some things we need to recognize about this journey and, and the choices we make. Now, first of all, I want to I show you something, okay? Now, I want you to tell me, what did you just witness? Right, right. Sir Isaac Newton, right? By the way, this is a fake apple. I didn't want to make too big of a mess, okay? Well, well, it looks real though, doesn't it? Okay, okay. That's a whole sermon in and of itself. Anyway, we'll do that another time, right? Gravity. Okay, it's something we all deal with every day of our lives, right? It's what keeps us, keeps us grounded. Now, here's the thing. I recognize that the world has a gravitational pull to it for people. And, and Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount is all about the, way, the contrast the way the world approaches life versus the lifestyle he proposes for his followers, in chapter 5, Jesus says over and over again, you have heard it said, in other words, this is what is normal, but I tell you, this is what I think should be normal. See, Jesus recognizes the gravitational pull that the world has on everybody. See, the broad gate leading to the broad path is one that's heavily traveled. It's the normal way of life that many choose to follow. It's an easy choice. It, thinking about self first, 
How, how I can get ahead, even if I have to step on or over people. Uh, how, how I can accumulate as much stuff as I can get, all for the purpose of helping me. Helping me. See, this is what we see as the normative way of life. It's the road that's convenient. It's easy. And by the way, there'll be plenty of company on that road if we want to walk it. Plenty of company. But if a person looks far enough down the road, there's a destination. And it's destruction. Nobody wants destruction. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people chasing that kind of thing. By the way, on our road trip down to Florida, we passed a, a couple of uh, points of interest. There, these were places called Bucky's. Okay, ever seen been to Bucky's? Okay, Bucky's is a huge auto stop. Okay, there's several of them down along the road, and, and so we went down toward them. And my sister-in-law said, "Hey, hey, here's Bucky's. We need to stop at Bucky's." Okay, we'll stop at Bucky's. So we stopped at Bucky's. We're going inside everything, all kinds of things at Bucky's. Okay, say, so, oh yeah, here's, I'm, that's that's Bucky. Okay, that's Bucky. So anyway, so all kinds of things at Bucky's. So we stopped on the way down, and I thought, man, everybody in the state of Georgia is here at this Bucky's. Okay? <laughs> so then we stopped on the way back through another Bucky's on the way back home. And I realized everybody in the state of Georgia and Alabama were in this Bucky's, okay? It was packed, packed with people. You couldn't even find a parking place the second time. I finally finally got somebody who was going out. Okay, so Everybody wanted to go there. There were signs along the road saying, stop a bucky, stop a bucky. Okay, here's how the world approaches things. Hey, the world says, stop and follow what I want you to follow. Stop, stop. You need to be there, okay? It's good. Uh, after I went to the second Bucky's, I told my sister-in-law, I'm never going to go to Bucky's again, okay? Never, never. See, the trouble with a broad road, a broad a world that many people are chasing, is the destination. Destruction. Who wants destruction? See, the reason the traveling the narrow road, I think, requires a warrior mindset is very simple. It's gravity. It's gravity. It's almost after that initial decision to get in the narrow path, go through the, inner, the narrow gate to the narrow path, it's a daily decision. It's a daily battle to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow him. Because there are problems that come along the road, things we need to recognize. First of all, there are distractions along the road, okay? I, I know you've seen this before. How does a person hit a baseball? Keep your what? Eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball, right? You hit, keep your eye on the ball. Now, how, how does a person hit two baseballs coming at them at the same time? Okay? You know what? You can't. You can't. Because you focus on both, you'll hit neither. And here's what the world says. Follow me. And here's what Jesus says. No, follow me. I could have stayed at Bucky's for several hours. Okay? I mean, there are all kinds of things. Bucky's has a wall of jerky. <laughs> I know. Isn't that amazing or what? Okay. Yeah. That could have kept me enthralled for several hours. So anyway... But I didn't want to do it because I had a destination in mind. Now, here's the thing, guys. We've got a destination in mind if we're following Jesus, and so we can't afford to listen to what the world says, even if it's very subtle and very, very seductive. We need to say, Jesus, your voice and your voice only. Okay, period, period. 
The second thing is uh, sometimes we get disappointed. And sometimes the the disappointment comes from looking at ourselves, right? Uh, For everyone who's married here, have you ever said to yourself, why did I say that? Yeah, I think we all have, right? Or if we don't, if we follow Jesus right now, say, have we ever, have we ever said, "Why did I do that?" I know better. I know better. So I was sitting with my uh, my college baseball coach on Thursday. We went out and meet with him. He's he's basically he's dying from a lung disease he has, but he's just an eighty year old man, just full of life and full of Jesus. Okay, and so sitting there with my uh, one of my best friends uh, who uh, played shortstop next to me. I played second base. So he's 65. He'll be 65. I turned 64 on Wednesday. And then my uh, buddy who was a catcher, my roommate, he was turned 63 a couple of weeks ago. I said, so coach, uh, 65, 64, 63, what words of wisdom would you, would you give us? And you know what he said? Boys, don't screw it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I said, thanks, coach. That's very clear. Okay. Well, here, so I read this in a book just the other day. The, re- the writer was talking about how to live a life of character. <laughs> and here's what he said. He said, you know, we're all just one step away from stupid. Okay? And basically, if you keep your eye, take your eye off the ball, right? See, the warrior mindset allows us to battle the lure of the broad gate, to remember who we're supposed to look at and which direction we're supposed to go. And it keeps us alert for the gravitational pull that is always, always trying to grab us. So those are things we recognize. I think there are some things we need to remember, too. You see, when a person sets out on that narrow, through that narrow gate onto the narrow path, there are choices to make, and that person's choosing a new journey. I have a picture here of a person being baptized in Tehran, Iran. Okay, this happened September of last year. This is some of the fruit that is coming from the church that we planted in 2020 to reach Farsi speakers in Chicagoland. James and Joyce Shahabi are the church planters. They have an online church that reaches three to 400 people each week in Farsi talking about Jesus. Okay, And uh, this person being baptized right here is Joy's uncle. See, he visited James and Joy in Turkey about uh, 12 years ago, and they introduced him to Jesus. He went back to Tehran, where he lived, and uh, he uh, asked James, will you disciple me? There are no churches here in Iran, and so will you disciple me? So James began meeting with him online. His uncle, or her uncle, began to invite people. There were two people in the living room, then four, then six. Then in 16, finally, there were groups meeting around Tehran, all being discipled in Jesus online. And finally, some of these people began to immigrate across the world. And so now they're in 12 different countries. There are three or 400 people each week who are hearing about Jesus in their own language. Now, last September, that portable baptistry was set up in her uncle's apartment in Tehran. And 10 people took this step into Jesus. Now, here's the interesting thing about it, though. The people doing the baptizing here, if they are caught baptizing others, they are hung immediately. And those who are being baptized face 12 to 14 years of prison sentence because they take a step into Jesus instead of accepting the normal path of life in Iran, which is following Islam. These courageous brothers and sisters realized the destination they wanted was different than the road they'd been on, so they chose a different path. They chose the path of Jesus. 
See, Scott mentioned it last week. Jesus never promised his followers an easy or convenient road. He never promised a road that would be challenge-free or, or simple to navigate. However, he did promise he would always be there for us, always there to guide and direct and to encourage us along the road. We're not alone. See, and that's the thing. At first glance, these, uh, these words about there being only few who find the road seem to cause us to think that uh, it's a very solitary life, that we're supposed to do this on our own. Nothing could be further from the truth. Think back to when Jesus first called his 12 disciples, they, this very unique group of men, variety of backgrounds, but they were all together. And for almost three years, they got to see what Jesus did. He was their rabbi. They got to have hands-on approach to ministry because they got to do what Jesus was doing. They got to hear what he said. They watched him in action, and they did it together for an extended period of time. And they were not alone. They had each other. Even when Jesus left, they had the Holy Spirit, which we have today. See, the narrow path may not be the popular path or a convenient path or the path that a lot of people choose, but it's not a solitary path because we have each other who are following Jesus. Let me show you what that looks like to me. Because I think it's very, it's very simple that uh, those who choose to be attracted to Jesus we're not alone. And Jesus, following Jesus, it's attractive to those who are ready to be attracted to him. And when we are, look what happens. Right? We're not alone because we get to be with others who are attracted to Jesus and we get to walk the path together. Now, it's not meant to be a solitary life. It's a life where we get together with other people. As we follow, as we grow, as we learn, as we enjoy together. See, another thing I remember, I, we need to recognize, though, we need to remember, is that as we follow the journey, follow the path, we need to remember to look forward and not look backward. Another lesson I learned on our trip to Fort Lauderdale, see, the next morning after we arrived there, we traveled to the cruise terminal to park our vehicle and get on the ship. So I entered the parking garage but as I made my way up the first ramp, something didn't look right to me. There were, there were green cones going all the way up the, lamp, the ramp. I went about halfway up and said, this can't be right. Something, I missed something as I was coming. So I began to back down the ramp and uh, backed right into a light pole. Okay? Not a good way to start a cruise. Okay? Now, I went back, I went all the way around again. Went back up the ramp and I, if I had gone a little further the first time, I would have arrived at the parking garage right where I needed to be. So I was kicking myself just a little bit. Okay, it was a painful lesson learned. But here's the lesson. Look forward. Go forward. And do not go back. Darla said, didn't you hear the censors? Nope. Okay. Hey, the world's going to throw all kinds of distractions our way, guys as we travel the narrow path, narrow path. Every one of these is designed to get us off track and wrecked along the side of the road. And that's why the warrior mindset says, no, 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 I've, I've got one focus in mind, one focus, and it is Jesus, period, Jesus. When we keep that in mind, it helps us get to the next point. And that's last but not least, we need to remember to think long range. See, Jesus made the destination of the two roads very clear, very clear. Destruction, or life. 
And while the road can be challenging at times, and we can take detours, let's be honest, we take detours, I take detours too many times, I get distracted. The beautiful thing about being a child of the king, Jesus picks us up, says, come on, come on, the grace of our Lord Jesus, come on, you're fine, get back on the road, let's go, let's go. I'll be honest, guys. While I've faced challenges on the roads following Jesus, and I've been doing it for quite a few years, there is no other place I would rather be. Because here, I know I'm safe, I'm secure. Here I have purpose, I have fellow warriors. I know where I'm headed. And I know that uh, as I travel this road with fellow companions, I get to seek adventure, and I get to catch glimpses of God along the way. And I want that for others. So here's what I want to ask you to do in the week ahead. First of all, I want to encourage you to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount. Beautiful words, okay? And it's all about the, that countercultural stance that Jesus wants his followers to embrace. And as you read, ask the Spirit to bring something to mind that will help you in the week ahead. And then try to plug it in. Okay, whatever it may be, whatever, you, whatever the Spirit tells you as, you as you read. Secondly, every one of us struggle at times with different challenges that can disrupt the journey. All of us do. So if you're struggling with some, something or a circumstance has you all kind of reeling, you don't need to do it alone. All you need to do is ask for help. And I know it takes a humility to do that because we all want to be strong and that's fine. But there are times we just got to say, help, help. So if when you ask for help, the beauty of the church family is that there are a variety of experiences out here, people who've already experienced what, what we are and who can help us. But all we have to do is ask because you can't know without being asked. So if you need help, please ask. And thirdly, Let's keep our eyes open for someone in need. Last Sunday, uh, we were eating lunch after, our, uh, after church. And uh, I felt a nudge from the Spirit to ask our waitress uh, if she needed something prayed for. I just told her, I said, hey, we're going to pray for our, for our food when it comes. Is there something you need? And without hesitation, she said, yeah, please. I have uh, one daughter who has leukemia. I have another daughter who has breast cancer. I said, would you pray for them? I said, I'd be happy to. So we asked, I asked for their names, and she gave me the names, and then I said, Kelly, we will pray. And with a tear in her eye, she said, thank you. Now, I believe, I believe we were there at that moment in time for just that purpose, to give a little hope, a little life, a little help to someone. Guys, there are people all around us, all the time, who need some hope, need some help. And my, my encouragement is to keep your eyes open, and when that opportunity comes, just step into it and help. See, the long, narrow, dirt path leads to life. And I know I want to help as many people possible get on that path because I want them to get to the right destination. That's what I want. How about you?